there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Friday the 13th of January. This is Paul Cooney saying welcome to the Go Radio Football Show with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant. The 13th at Scottish League Cup semi-final weekend. But I've got to ask the big two here, any superstitions, Barry, in your playing days uh, that you were... Were you superstitious? Was it anything? Um, yeah, I had a few, Paul. I haven't been honest with you. I had yeah. the same pair of shin guards for over 20 years. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The same pair? <laughs> same pair. I try to keep the same tuba grip because obviously yeah. I put my shin guards on and I put tuba grip over the top of them and I used to put my left shin guard on first. <laughs> Had them for over 20 years, obviously retired and my middle son Kyle, who plays, um, decided to take them, which I was fine with. And then he, he decided to tell me over Christmas. Um, I don't know why the conversation yeah. came up, but he decided to tell me when he was playing at Gillingham. He lost them. <laughs> um, so I'm not too happy with that <laughs> you disowned him for a couple of years but he's back in a couple, so that, of, a couple of hours so you'd have felt not the same Barry Ferguson if you didn't have those same shin pads yep and, and Jimmy Bell um, yep. the late yep. Jimmy Bell he kept them for us um, mm. so yep just I, I think I made my debut with the same shin guards wow. as I finished my career with Peter, how long did you? Well, that definitely wouldn't have happened if I was playing against them. No, you'd have been that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have lasted that exactly. long. <laughs> what about you, Peter? Were you superstitious when you played? As I say, I was superstitious about being superstitious, Paul. Uh, yeah. It was one of the ones, yeah. you know. No, a few teammates were about some belters, you know. Big Mick McCarthy with his glass of whiskey. Tosh was brilliant. Before the game? Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> was sitting next to me. Yeah, I used wow. to say it was for pain in his knee. Uh, you know, Tosh, Tosh used to... Um, <laughs> Bring everything up prior to the match, you know, yeah. which was ridiculous because nerves. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. everybody did hear it, so it was a freak through okay. the dressing room. So you know what it was like, right. and I was like, I was just desperate to get out the dressing room. Then my superstition was probably turning up first to make sure I never get a game. Thirteenth. <laughs> I just thought that just as we started the program, we're about to get into it for the big matches. But I just wondered superstitions on the thirteenth. But I, I guess if you win a game, and uh, there's maybe things you do. You always had the same meal, didn't you, Barry? Yeah, virtually yeah. had the same. Uh, pre-match meal which was um, toast, toast butter and, and jam toast butter and jam okay yeah yes. Peter, every morning yeah. uh, uh, if it was a night game it would be, sometimes it would be a different pre-match meal but the day um, of a game I always made sure I had two slices of toast a bit of lurk pack a bit of <laughs> strawberry jam and a, a cup of tea black cup of tea with three sugars great Peter beans and toast Paul simple <laughs> yeah. you know simple but it's funny but you maintain it when you stop playing mm. You still mm. do the same thing on a Saturday morning, you know. You still have all these traditions you've always done. The only thing is you're yeah. not playing in the afternoon. But big Pierre Van Hoydon was the first I've ever known. He'd a curry. No. I did. First, I couldn't believe it. Before a game? Before a game. <laughs> all the time. And I couldn't believe it. You know, there's just no way. But he used to, if his mum's powder, I think it was, he, she sent a certain mm. curry powder over. But he had 
uh, Curry prior to the match and I just could not believe it but the good thing is maybe that's why the defenders stayed away from him I was going to say Barry if you'd known that then did you just miss him then did he was he there before I know he'd signed for Celtic before you broke through yeah and I yeah. never played against him when he was at Celtic but I played against him when he was at Feyenoord oh, oh, yeah. yep, oh, he Feyenoord. scored yep, they beat us 3-2 over there and he scored I think, but I think it was two free kicks he scored brilliant um, free yeah, kicks yeah he set pieces oh, wow. Um, were, were unbelievable and listen he, he was a top player wasn't he he was indeed and he gave you the winning goal in the cup final in 95 yeah he yep. wasn't even off in the game because he was struggling both of the two were struggling prior yeah. to the match if you remember and Pierre had a slight hamstring um, <laughs> I was oh. going to say they were struggling I know why he was struggling <laughs> after yes. having McCurry and the Ruby Murray <laughs> yeah. and he went off after he yeah. scored not long after he scored actually uh, you know um, wow as I say in but obviously he's down in history because it was the first time he'd won in a long time, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's hear from the two managers ahead of the Cup semi-finals this weekend, the Viaplay semi-finals. Uh, first up, Ange Postacoglu, 5.30 tomorrow, Celtic against Kilmarnock. What's the latest on the injury front? The guys who are sort of coming back from, from injuries, except for Greg Taylor, all of them uh, train today, um, which is good. So they're all sort of back on deck. I'm talking about sort of Ralston, um, Aksabanovic, McCarthy, Welsh... Uh, they're all back training, which is good, but they've only really had one session. So, yeah, I guess for tomorrow, no real, um, no real change from last week. They're all back on deck, Peter. What are you thinking? What about the back? Greg Taylor's not going to play tomorrow, is he? Oh, and that's a blow because I, I really like Greg. As I said to you, I, I think he's had a terrific season. I think he's done really well since he's been there because he turned up a position we spoke about last week, which was completely different mm -hmm. to the way he played prior, and I think he's been excellent. So he's a blow. But Barnaby can get in. And I thought, remember we said last week about playing him, you know, against uh, Kilmarnock because we just give you that natural left footer, you know, over there. And I think that worked well for them, you know, because it was a tough game because Kilmarnock were diligent in their work, you know, and made it difficult for you and you were only going to get down the outside of them. Um, but as I say, the boy, I think it tells you the ones he sends coming back from injury. That's the thing we've spoke about all the time mm. is the size of their squad, the size of their group. You know, these guys are all outside it and you still look at the bench and it's a very, very good bench they have. And that just gives you the strength at Celtic and, and the quality they have at this moment in time. So Celtic fans, what are you thinking? Or Kilmarnock fans ahead of that game tomorrow? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney and Peter Grant. Let's get the injury update for Rangers who play, of course, on Sunday against Aberdeen. Here's Michael Beale. Yeah, good. We had a couple of players miss the early part of the week because they have been playing with one or two things. We had one or two that, that played again at the weekend, not ideal. But I think as every week goes, we're, we're getting stronger. John Suit has trained now for a week. I'm really pleased with his progress. He's ahead of schedule. This game will come too soon and um, probably the Astro at, at Killy will come too soon. But I'm expecting to be back in the squad for the St Johnston Cup game, for example. So that's... Really good news. And as I say, it's a tough week. We're going to need everybody. Um, obviously, we have the midweek game uh, late in the evening and then we, have, we travel up to Perth. So it's an exciting week and a big week. And what I've learned in my time at Rangers is there don't seem to be a week which isn't a big one. Barry, that's life at Rangers. Yeah, that's um, what it's all about when you, you play at a, a massive club. Every single week's big. Um, but the news that makes me happy there is about John Suter. Um, Delighted to hear that he said a tough time um, since signing the Rangers. One game, out injured for um, about five six months. So good news to hear that he's been training a full week, and hopefully he'll be back for um, the cup game the following weekend. 
a lot's been made about Anthony Stewart's comments mm. that he would rather um, a more difficult opponent he thinks is a Cholak rather than Morelos. Let's hear what Michael Beale is saying about it. We know that Jim Goodwin's saying, I wish he hadn't said that. Here is the Rangers manager's comments. That's an interesting opinion. It's a personal opinion of his. Um, I don't know if Alfredo needs any more motivation than playing in a final. And, you know, to get to a final and <coughs> playing in a semi-final, I think that's Alfredo's motivation at the moment. I didn't see that comment, so... Uh, I'd hate to comment on it without actually seeing it coming from his mouth. So uh, I'll maybe maybe comment on that uh, another time. Barry, what would you be saying if you were Alfredo Morelos? Well, I've not seen the comment, but obviously yeah. I'm re I'm reading it. Um, yeah. what, what Jim Goodman says. Um, if I'm in the dressing room, I would be I'd be going up to uh, Morelos and sitting down with him and, and <laughs> telling him exactly what um, Anthony Stewart's um, said um, and go and go and prove him wrong. Um, I don't like seeing it. I mean, granted, we're talking off air. I like things just kept in-house. You don't need to give MD any mm -hmm. extra motivation. But if I'm inside that dressing room um, now, um, I would be in his ear, mm -hmm. non-stop, telling him that Anthony Stewart doesn't rate him. Um, and he rates that. Uh, <laughs> Antonio uh, Schollack. Yep. we actually yep. said. Peter, did you ever get that kind of reaction? No, I think the thing was, Paul, the one thing the managers used to tell you when you were going to the press conference, mm -hmm. don't say anything stupid. Praise them, let them do all the talking and whatever, and hopefully they slip up and say something, yep. whoever you were playing against. But I've not seen the boys' comments. I can understand what he's maybe saying for a centre-back because Cholak works the line, tries to run in behind you, where Morelos is more, I don't mean static, but if you understand, so he doesn't. I don't think he works the front line as well as he does. So maybe he thinks it's easier to play against that type of striker. Maybe that's what he's meaning. And I know what it's Listen. like. Some players say certain things and it yeah. gets blew up, especially if you're playing against in a semi-final. Yeah. People want things to be put up on the wall and pin it up on the wall. I think at Rangers, you've got to go and win games anyway. At Celtic, you've got to go and win games. That's the thing you talk about Michael Beale saying yeah. earlier on. That's day in, day out. That's expectation day in, day out. You don't care. You're hoping players are thinking certain things because you don't need an extra motivation. You're pulling on... When we used to pull on the hoops, that's all it meant. Nothing else. You know what you were representing, and that's what you had to do. Didn't matter what anybody else said. The proof's in the pudding when you're on the football pitch. Yeah, I, I'd be doing more. I'd be over at the photocopy. I've <laughs> copying it about 20 times. And I thought I saw you in the newsroom yeah, before we no, came and, in. And I would be plastering yeah. about the place. Yeah. So I would do that. Listen, uh, and sure. we've done that quite a few times in the dress room. If leading up to a big game, um, a fellow manager or a fellow mm. opposition player spoke and, and maybe say something about one of your teammates or whatever listen an extra bit of motivation sure. gains you that extra percent so that's what I would be doing and listen I'm, I'm not kidding you I'd be in his ear constantly <laughs> I would be Gary's on the line from the Gorbals hi Gary good evening how you doing Paul evening guys hi Gary good evening doing? you well you're looking forward to are you going to the game tomorrow Celtic against Kilmarnock um, well, no, I, I, I've got a bit of a kind of hoodoo with Hamden. Um, <laughs> the last twice, the last twice, I know Barry will probably try to get me a ticket now, but the last, the last twice I was there. Um, Wait a minute, it was Gary, he's way out the building. Whereabouts are you around the, are you two doors down? <laughs> Sorry. It was um, the, the Ross County semi-final when I think they took the lead through Mackay Stephen and ended up losing 3-1 in the Inverness game as well. Right. Neil Lennon was in charge, wasn't he, early on that first one? Yeah, against, yeah, against the Staggies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just to and it's just, yeah. I've just just ever since I've I've 
I've said, no, nope, obviously I'm the jinx, so I've never been back. Okay. Not back. I, I, used to, I used to think it was me, Gary. What are you thinking? Is everything rosy for you just now then? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think um, I think we're, we're in a good place. We're in a much better place than, than what we were, obviously, um, during the 10 in a row season. So, you know, we've we've improved greatly. The, the team's playing a lot better. Um the, the thing that would that would worry me, I always worry when you get to these stages of the cup competitions. You, you never know what what kind of game you're going to enter into. Obviously, we've seen what Kilmarnock was all about. Obviously, at Celtic Park, whether they'll play a different style of football, I don't know. I think they'll probably try and frustrate us like they did on Saturday. Try and keep the game level, and then maybe use Lafferty from the bench. Um, I know he'll be itching to play, but I think if we get equally, if we get an early goal tomorrow then it could be a long night for Kilmarnock I think you've been listening to the two guys before the programme <laughs> Barry what do you think? Yeah I, I yeah. can't see Kilmarnock opening up if they open up Celtic I'll just um, go right through them and, and it could be any sort of score I think Derek knows that and he's respectful of that and he'll come and he'll set up and, and try and frustrate sit deep and hopefully get something from a, a set piece but Hamden's a big pitch I've played in it plenty of times granted the same I think it will suit Celtic um, and I can't see anything other than a convincing Celtic win. Peter? No, I'm the same in the respect of, but, you know, and Barry's right in what you're saying there about Derek. You can remember he had a good Aberdeen side, which I thought was a better all-round than the commander side that he has and that's no disrespect to the boys now. It's the players that he had at that particular time with Aberdeen and he went very defensive and if you remember, he played Madison. James Madison on the left-hand side. And I always thought he should have played him behind Scott Brown because I thought it would have been more difficult for Celtic to mark him. And I think it was a big game. And I just thought he was more concerned about the opposition. And I think that's what Kilmarnock will do tomorrow again. They'll sit in, they'll make it very, very difficult. Yep. It was a minute before half-time or something last week. But as you say, I think if Celtic score early, you know, it could be anything. It could be four or five and it doesn't matter how defensive they are because... I'm not being disrespectful to Kilmarnock again. Just Celtic have got so much quality. I think they've got that quality. They've got players that are playing really well. And you've got a bench that can always change the game. And there's not a lot of teams can do that. So the manager can mix that with the players that he has. And I, I just I think it'll be a comfortable victory for Celtic. Always, we'll have to fight for it early. But then after that, I think Celtic will win comfortably. Yeah, I think Dell's game plan will take the game as long as possible. 70, 75 minutes, hopefully get there nothing each and then maybe yeah, the last 10-15 yeah. minutes have a go but even at that I still think Celtic have got too many players that can, can unlock um, the Kilmarnock defence the one thing that worries yeah. me about is if it is tight mm-hmm. Kilmarnock set yeah. plays because they're a big powerful side mm-hmm. and it's a thing that Derek's always worked on he thinks that's that's the leveller he thinks if he can't match me players as Barry says stay in the game then hope for that set play, whether it's corner, free kick, whatever. And Celtic don't have that height. They don't really have that height. And yeah. I don't think they defend them that well. I must admit, I don't think they went. They, they defend the set plays that well, especially against big, powerful sides. And we give a few chances up. Joe's had a lot of great saves in games Celtic have ended up winning four or five. Yeah. But people forget maybe about the one save he's had to make within that set play. And Derek will be working very much on that. Let's hear what Ange had to say, Gary, today about his approach to the game. You know, both teams will have a real sort of resolve not to yield on the day because they know the consequences of it. So, yeah, I don't expect a massively different approach in this game to last week because, you know, I think Derek set up his team to, you know, last week because that was the way he thought was the best way to stop us. And as you said, they, they made it difficult for us for a large part of the game. So um, <clears throat> I don't expect a, a much different approach. I, I think 
personnel-wise, there'll be minimal changes to either team. So I think the approaches will be the same. It's just the nature of the contest that will sort of change things a little bit. Gary, what are you thinking transfer activity-wise? Um, Tomoki is in the house. You saw him last week unveiled at half-time. Um, Gikamakis, we're still waiting to hear. Could he be off to Italy? Could it be France? Um, do you think Gikamakis is on his way out? It, it certainly looks that way, Paul. Yep. Um, I think it's it's frustrating, you know, as Celtic fans, because I actually think he's he's probably the the best finisher at the club. Mm. I know Kyogo's obviously got he's, he's obviously top goal scorer in fifteen goals, but when you look at goals to games ratio, I think if if Jack and Mac has played the amount of time that Kyogo played, I think he'd be on as many goals, if not more. So I, I think with Kyogo, you you kind of need to give him a few chances before he sticks away, whereas. I think Jackie Mack is a wee bit more prolific than him kind of thing. So I would be very disappointed if he left. At this at the same time, you know, if he if he wants to go and his head's not in the not yeah. in the picture, then you know, you just need to let him go and, you, and try and get the best possible price. You wonder if that's what it is that maybe he wants to go, Peter. Maybe. Well it must be because of the length of his contract he's got yeah. left, you know, because I wouldn't be letting him out of the building, mm-hmm. that's for sure. You know, unless he's yeah. upsetting the apple cart, you know what I mean? I'd find that surprising because the manager keeps putting him on the bench, you know. So he must be still doing his work because I'm sure Andrew's strong enough to say, "Well, I don't care. Just see. Thanks very much. You'll sit there to we tell you can go, but you'll not be involved." And I, I think it'll be a blow if we lose him because unless you've got somebody that can come in and do the exact same. I think he's a very good finish. I agree with you, Gary. I think I watched it in Holland. As you said, we talk about the team that's relegated. He's a top goal yeah. scorer, all that sort of stuff. But he's a really good. Fin- I think in his debut, I just seen the other night. I didn't realise that his debut ever um, was it Venlo. He was at. Um, he scored a hat trick against wow. Feyenoord yeah, or something sure. like you know, he's a special first, player he's, he's got a finishes and he's different to what Celtic have and sitting across from you yeah. in the Go Radio studio is the Rangers legend you'd drive him to the airport wouldn't you yeah I'll, <laughs> but you would yeah I'll go to his apartment or his house whatever he wants because listen I, I think he's uh, I've said it plenty of times he's grew on me um, it was difficult at the start because he'd missed pre-season but once he got up to form up to fitness, sorry. Um, I, I think he's a top striker. Um, physical presence. He's a hard worker as well. He works hard for the team. Um, and again, when the ball's in that ball, his movement's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He can score headers, volleys, any sort of goal. So I, I think it's a massive blow if, if Celtic lose him. I can only see that maybe his agents get in his ear or, or um, he's getting offered X amount somewhere else. I'm sure Postacoglu would love to keep him, but... The thing that I think Celtic fans will, will be fine with, if he does go, I'm sure he's got some somebody up his sleeve. There's no doubt about sure. that. And I see the spo- the Polish striker uh, Simon Voldaric has been mentioned by Fabrizio Romano, well-respected journalist. So we'll wait and see. Looks as though the South Korean is not coming. So you can hear it. The Celtic fans love Gikamakis. Mm-hmm. Ange Postacoglu must have a plan. He's somebody for me, Jiru. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, pe- yeah. Pe- people look when he's at Arsenal. Wow. The amount of yeah, goals yeah. he scored, mm-hmm. people didn't realise. They went to Chelsea, scored goals mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Went to AC Milan, scored goals there. Go to so France, underrated. Absolutely. Yeah. And you but, said that the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But, he's, but he's similar to a striker, you know, because yeah. he runs front post. Mm-hmm. He'll go to the middle of the goal. He'll go one try and win his headers. He wants to score goals. And these guys are very, very difficult to get, especially when you're playing with one striker now. Mm-hmm. You know, these yep. guys are very, very difficult. And I think he's been fantastic. I mean, I see his first goal he scored, I think, Baz, was against you when you manager Alloa. Mm-hmm. He ran to the front post. 
And people kept saying, oh, wasn't he good? I remember that game and I'm thinking, he makes the runs constantly, mm -hmm. but the crosses don't come in. And it was the first cross that came in, sure as fate to the front post, it gets across the front post and scores. Yep. And you knew he had something to his game. And I think he ended up being a tremendous signing. I'm really disappointed as a supporter yeah. that he's leaving. You so, know. see, I kicked off his Celtic career. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he went to the back all the time. That's what it was. So, but do, do you know what? It, yeah. Poster Cogley won't let him go unless he's got a replacement no. coming sure. through the door. Mm. Barry Ferguson would drive him to the airport. <laughs> Peter Grant wouldn't let him out of the building. No. What's your scoreline tomorrow? What do you reckon, Gary? Um, I'm going to go for 2 0 to Celtic again. I, I think we will probably score early, but mm -hmm. I, I think it will be much like the, the game last week where I, I, I think it will be more down to us not being clinical enough because I think that probably watching us over the last two two months or so, just I don't know if Grant agrees, but I don't think we've been clinical enough. I don't think we've been finishing teams off. And whether that's been whether you know you're playing against teams with 10 men behind the ball or whether we're just not good enough, like clinically, then. I think it might come down to us personally finishing. Peter Atlanta really after the break. And on Sunday, Rangers Aberdeen. Who do you think, Gary? Are you, are you going to meet Rangers I in the think, final? Yeah, uh, yeah I would yeah. say so. Um, okay. I think Aberdeen are, are going well, but I think it'll be a Rangers Celtic final. Thanks for calling. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Friday night. The weekend has started officially. Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson declared it at five. And we're looking forward to the games this weekend. Cup games. And also there's the league tonight since Premiership. Hearts against St Mirren and a full card tomorrow. And then busy midweek as well. It's non-stop. Loads of calls coming in. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Couple waiting. Now, first up, they're not a couple, but they're both on the line. Regan, good evening. How are you? Good, good to hear you. Paul, I'm doing well. Good. Regan, what are you thinking about then ahead of the game this weekend? Um, I think Celtic will be looking to they'll be looking to do well and get into that uh, that game that I suspect will be against Rangers as you were speaking with uh, yeah. uh, just about, about uh, 10 minutes ago there Paul but yeah I think it'll be a very difficult a very difficult uh, match for Celtic but I think eventually they will get uh, I think they will get into the 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 cup final. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about who might be going. We talked about Gikamakis there, and yep. Peter, I'll put that question to him in a moment or two that he asked earlier on from Gary about are they missing sort of some chances? And Gary asked something just yep. beforehand. But here's Ange Postecoglou saying about player speculation coming and going. It is coming. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I think. The nature of the business the whole of January, there'll be speculation. But, um, you know, I think um, for, from my perspective, I don't really think about it or deal with it unless it comes to me. Usually when it comes to me, it means there's there's something there. And, um, you know, if we haven't had anything like that for any players uh, up until this point. Everyone's totally focused on the game. What about players linked with Celtic? I'm not sure who's linking us, so I don't really know. But, um, you know, links... Look, I think, and I'm not across it all the time, but Ian keeps me abreast, but I reckon around 10% of what's out there at the moment is anywhere close to the truth. Um, and that's not because I think people are deliberately being misleading. It's just that they get a bit of information from, um, you know, their cousin's barber's neighbour and, you know, it becomes Celtic a link to a certain player. So, um, you know, from my perspective, again, I don't 
don't, don't stress about that stuff when we're ready to do business. So I think people have seen in the past that we do it. Uh, we don't do it through the media. We don't do it through speculation. We don't do it with being linked. To me, it's it's pretty straightforward when, uh, you know, if, if, if there's an opportunity there and, and we feel really um, good about it, we'll, we'll move quickly and get it done. Regan, he talks sense. What's the question you'd like to ask Barry and Peter? No, I was just wanting to ask him in terms of uh, semi-finals. Obviously, um, it will be a, a little bit different, but is there something you, different that you do in these prepara- in the preparation for these games compared to league games? Yeah, that's a good question because the semi-final is always probably the most difficult, Regan, because I think you're, you're so close, you know, knowing that the next step is obviously the final. And it, it's gut-wrenching. Unfortunately, I lost a few. I know what it's like. Um, you win them. It's fantastic. It's probably winning a semi-final's relief mm-hmm. because you want to get to that final because you know it's a special day out no matter what final it is, League Cup, Scottish Cup, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think there's an extra pressure with semi-finals. I really did. I always felt that because um, the final take care of itself. Everything goes along with that. But nobody forget. Everybody forgets, sorry, the, the semi-finalists. Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking up, somebody sent me something yesterday and it was 95, 96, and we lost to Rangers 2-1 and we had a couple of great chances late in the game. Loudrop scored, I think, that particular mm-hmm. day and whatever. I'd forgot all about it because you forget you're in the semi-final and you lose and you just, it means nothing. You know, it just left, leaves something so empty. So I always felt the semi-final was always the most edgy yeah. one more than anything else. I feel like always been the bridesmaid, not the bride. You were never there. I was the same <laughs> You weren't even invited. Not the bridey. And invited gone. Yeah. Barry, semi-finals, good question. How do you approach it? Yeah, there's always more pressure I've found in semi-finals because the expectation is they expect you to win the game Um, and they were a bit more nervy, no doubt about that. I was lucky enough, I I played in 10 when I was up here and I won all 10. Um, Wow. But I was always nervy going out because whether that was against Dun United, whether against Hearts, you were expected to win and you, you were going out in that pitch knowing that if you didn't win, you were getting... Dogs abuse for the stands, yeah. and you were going to get criticised yeah. the next day um, in the in the media. So, yeah, but I always made sure that the, the guys knowing that. Listen, we've got a we've got an expectation here that we need to get through into the final, and and thankfully yeah. we've done it. Some of them were hard, difficult. Other ones were pretty convincing. Um, but what was your hardest one? Can you remember? I'm just throwing it at you because Sean's also on. Stay Celtic, with us, Regan. I, I think yeah. if you remember um, Bert Cornerman, yeah, of course, yeah, from thirty yards. Aye. Um, I was just shocked he scored for <laughs> So was he. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's always, always did yeah. find the semi-finals were, were certainly more nervy than the, the, the finals. Sean, ten semi-finals. So one of your heroes, Barry Ferguson. Is that not a bit greedy, winning all ten? <laughs> yeah. See, to be honest, I was tight thoughts. Now I'm, I'm a 32 kid. Got to be 33 on yeah. uh, Sunday, so I'm getting old. Oh, happy birthday when it comes. <laughs> yeah. I thanks very much. But see, see, to be honest. That was probably one of my reasons when I grew up with Rangers because basically you did it greedy Stephen Hing because see what's going on with Celtic now. Let's be honest, Celtic are basically the top dogs in the SPL. They don't like it or they don't like it, Barry. But when I was growing up, Rangers were basically running Scottish football. So obviously you need to take it, the, the, the ship and the, the boat. And uh, unfortunately, Rangers are the sinking boat. And the fingers crossed, next year Rangers will come back for... I think Celtic's a really good team now, and I hate to say that on the radio. <laughs> You've said it. <laughs> no, 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 that's fair, Sean. And I think, listen, I, I think supporters, we all support our club, but I think there's an honesty got to come in and, 
and as I say, if it was Rangers as good as Celtic are at this moment in time, I'd be saying the exact same thing because I think it's only fair. And I played in a period when Rangers were better than us, they had better players than us. So I know that feeling and there was no getting away from that. On the day, you know, you could look after yourself on that particular day. But over the piece, you just thought they were better. They would get better results than you more consistently because they had better players and they'd match winners that I felt at that particular time we didn't. So... Uh, I was embarrassed to say it to that particular time but Rangers were better than us so we had to accept that and Rangers think everyone would agree we'll need to sign more players they've got players coming back from injury let's hear Michael Beale talking about possible transfers it's progressed well I'm pleased with where it's at as soon as there's news obviously we'll, we'll let everyone know we're eager to let everyone know but these things take a little bit of time my bit's done if that makes sense now it's over to the uh, the other people to to finalise the things, but as far as I can see, I'm really pleased with the way two or three things are going. They're heading in the right direction, so I didn't think anyone would be in before this game, and I didn't really want to disrupt the group either, because the group's quite settled at the moment. So uh, hopefully in the next week or so, we'll see one or two things being confirmed. Barry, who's on that list? Todd that, Cantwell? That, that yeah. tells me they're really close. Um, it's just down to the financial side I, I watched the interview he had a wry smile in his face so he's done his part he spoke to the player the players are obviously the one player or two players whatever are obviously keen and coming and now it's down to the, the, the people above to, to make it happen um, but yep. certainly Rangers do need players in there's no doubt they're right in the right track under Michael Beale the last six games 16 out of 18 if you says to me when he came in and you had Celtic in amongst that I would have looked and thought, mm, that's a big ask. Mm. But fair play to them. You can see signs that they're improving, but they've still got to get better. He knows that. And the only way they're going to do that is recruit well and make sure the players that come in are good enough to go into that starting eleven. So, Sean, Barry smiled there as well. A wry smile when you said about you know the business, it's, it's on the way. Todd Cantwell, what about Tom Davies of Everton? Would you expect him to come? I, I would like him to come because mm. he's, a, he's a good player. Um, again... I've seen him plenty of times on the TV playing with Everton. Midfielder, he can he can do all things. He can get in people's faces. He can tackle, he can run. He's good on the ball. So when these two players come out that the Rangers were interested, listen, it certainly made me sit up and, and take notice. They're players for me that can improve the Rangers starting 11. Here's a wee bit more from the manager. Listen, it could be up to three or four. It could be one or two. They've got to be the right people. So there's been meetings going on. I've not had much time off if that makes sense because I've been busy with that along with Ross and everybody else but I'm pleased with where things are it's positive these things are never as fast as the fans want the window opens and they want the guy there the moment the window opens it doesn't always work like that but I'm positive and a final point yeah listen if I don't think they're right for us longer term and that longer term is uh, to fight for for trophies, to compete well in Europe, to do well, then I, I don't want anyone here short term. So uh, that's probably ruling out anyone that would be coming on loan for six months. Like I said previous, I want people that I can build around. There's going to be a change in the summer of some faces. I think everybody's aware of that. And uh, yeah, whoever comes in, I need to feel that I can build them the next two or three years. I want them to come in and be really core players for the club. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure Rangers fans will be excited about that. A lot of people thought it maybe have been loans, but he just says there it's not going to be. It's going to be players that are going to be here long-term and ages. They both are the players that Rangers are interested. I think they're at brilliant ages. They can only get better. 
24 is it yeah, both, I think both yeah. of them are 24 great age 24, 25 yeah, yeah Peter, so listen yeah. it's um, it's brilliant brilliant news for me that shows me that the Rangers board they're willing to back the manager and he's building for the future Peter you know Norwich better than anybody what do you think of Todd Cantwell Todd is one of these kids I've known for a long time he played with my son Raymond um, the same team and James Madison and all that so it was a very oh, good yeah. side you know so Todd was one of these boys I know can play my concern for him would be can they handle the criticism that comes when things are not going particularly well that was one thing I thought was his weakness when he was at uh, Norwich uh, some terrific games I mean real top quality games he works hard for his team even though he's more of a I don't know where you would play him you'd either play him as 10 or wide left so he can drift into areas like that but he's a very good footballer there's no getting away from that Tom Davis I really like because when I was at Fulham used to play against Everton and whatever and Tom was one of always 10 he, I think Everton changed him a little bit. They made his game a little bit deeper just because of circumstances. And I think he's more of a number eight, adding the respect to that. A more box-to-box midfielder. And that's when you see him at his best. I never thought he was a playmaker. But I thought he was a real top-quality player when he played. And he played with the freedom as a midfield player. With somebody else maybe doing that deeper mm-hmm. role. But him being allowed to join in the game because he had a goal in him. He was comfortable in possession. And he had a wee bit of nastiness about him as well, you know. So I, I thought he was a really good young player. And I thought he, he started his career to Everton really, mm. really well. But then he got a couple of injuries here and there, um, just with the way he played, really. Um, and I think when you're talking about these two signings, they must be paying very good wages mm. as well because these boys are getting well looked after. Let me tell you the prices, the, the wages, sorry, they get in England. If you're paying a fee for these boys to get them full-time, that, that's really surprising because it, that, a lot of money will be spent on the fees plus the wages. Sean? Yeah, I can understand what he's saying there. There's some young players in the English league I would like Rangers to go for, but I don't know what um, it's doing to yep. wages now. I would like I would like Rangers to go for um, that, um, what's his name? Oh, um, he's, oh I can't, he plays for yep. Liverpool. He's a young boy. He's only Eric in there for him. I think that's his name. Uh, but are, are some players in that like see Norwich no offence to Norwich but I think Norwich football team play very boring football I think Norwich and I, I hate to diss the Scottish football as well I, I, I see Norwich as a kind of Hamilton team in Scotland it's very boring football very anti-defensive but is that not why Cantwell didn't play as much last season because of the fact that they were struggling I mean I'm looking back 18, 24 mm. months ago around about that period and I'm sure there was a few Premier League teams. Newcastle, three, 35 yeah, million. Yep, well, Newcastle was 35 million at one stage. Yep, and I've seen him play. There's no doubt he's got ability. Sometimes yep. a player that age, his career stalls mm. and maybe he needs a bit of freshness and getting a move to Rangers. He's clearly got the, the ability. But Granty says he's kind of not worried me a wee bit, but I'm thinking he comes up here, you need to, you need to be thick-skinned mm-hmm. to play up here. Well, that's what I'm saying. I look at the boy yep. McCurdy at Hibs. Mm-hmm. He comes out with this hair and all that, you know, and I'm not saying anybody shouldn't be their own style and whatever, yeah. but I'm thinking, well, you better be able to play, son, and he's not proved that yet. And I felt Todd went through a period like that There was too much of this Facebook stuff with the mm. best of gear and all that, not concentrating your football. And I think maybe this is a kick in the backside he's probably had because he got, if you remember, they get relegated and he sat in the park and the chief executive hammered him after it. said, I wish he'd have cried as much during the season, right, maybe get yeah. better performances. And they're the wee things and you think to yourself, it's not about you, it's about how much work you put in. Because he's got the talent. This is the Todd Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about well, the quality. Yeah. It's sure. not about, there's no question about his quality. Yeah. You know? It's the other parts of it. 
And I, I've, as I've said many, many times, because I've been down there for so long and Barry's been there as well, coming to Celtic or coming to Rangers is a completely different thing. Can you handle it daily? 24-7. Well, I've, got, yeah. I've, got, I've got his name now. It's oh. a young Liverpool player, Elliot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Barry's on. Yeah, yeah. he came for sure. Fulham. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Somebody like him. But the money they'll be on will be... Yeah, if, if, and it, it would be a gamble. Mm-hmm. But again, look, Cantwell, I think he'll be on a fair salary sure. at Norwich. Oh, I think Davis will be on a, a fair salary. And it looks to me, well, I'm certain that these are not getting signed on loan. So well, he's talking about it. They're going to be three and a half, four and a half year contracts. So there's a big outlay. So a lot of people thought that Rangers and I was one of them I'm not sure if they're going to spend in this January window maybe spend in the summer but listen they obviously trust Michael Beale and they're they're, um, they're obviously backing him I think that's two big signings for them mm. you know I, I genuinely do I think that's two big signings for them um, and I always say when you're bringing people in are they better than what you have and I would say yes that's where they are they definitely are Davis I really like because I think the fans will really like him for the way he plays. Yeah. He played with Lundstrom, if you remember, at Everton as well. Mm-hmm. So they've played together as kids and whatever. Cantwell played against them, often enough, yeah. with Norwich, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they know they all know each other. But as I say, I'm so surprised because they will be on very good salaries because they've been in and around the Premier League mm-hmm. when they've played there as well. Um, Young Davis was in the, the team predominantly week in, week out in the Premier League. See, when I was talking about McCurdy, yeah. I, I look at the way that you dress, I'm thinking you better be good at presenting. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not too bad at presenting. <laughs> right, we'll finish the show early. That's enough. Listen, Regan, uh, the Rangers score. Give us a score on Sunday. Uh, I'll go 3 0 to Rangers. Yep, and Celtic, did you say 2 0? Did I imagine? Yeah, 2 0 to Rangers. 2 0, thank you. Sean, Celtic tomorrow, what do you think against Kelly? 3 1 Celtic. And on Sunday, three-one Rangers. So you two will be up against each other then, Reagan <laughs> against Sean in the final. Come Listen, back on. <laughs> that was great chat, great yeah. insight there. About and can Lundstrom play alongside? Um, yeah, Davis, for yes. example, just yeah, behind they, him. Yeah, they yeah. play together. Yeah. See the thing yes. with, with Davis. I mean, I've seen him plenty of times for Everton. He can play the holding midfield. I know mm-hmm. Grant says that's no his, his main position, but he can play there and he can play further forward. I've seen him play different positions in the midfield and that's brilliant yeah. for a midfielder um, to have and it's great for Rangers because you can maybe change it up a wee bit. But listen, the two of them are definitely, if they come, they will definitely make uh, Rangers stronger. Thank you. Great insight. I don't think you get this anywhere else. On the ball. Thanks so much. Quick break and we're back. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks to everyone who's cho- th- thanks to everyone tuning in to the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Gail on the way to the match at Tynecastle. Hearts against St Mirren tonight. Barry, that's a good game. They met last weekend. Uh, St Mirren will go with a bit of confidence, but I know Hearts are also on a good run. Yep, in terms of St Mirren, brilliant at home. No doubt about it. I said during the week, they were one of my favourites mm. to be in a relegation dogfight, but fair play to them. Their away form's a bit iffy. That's something that they, they need to try and change. But for me, Hearts will be too strong. Hearts are going to finish third and I think it'll be a Hearts victory. I think the fact that he's getting everybody back fit, they were a strong side. You know, at the start of the season, they were getting... The results were up and down. You know, I think now they've got... We always say about... If you've got your best players available, you always look a better side. And we always thought it was probably going to be between Aberdeen and Hearts for that third position. That's what we thought. And it's, now it's looking like Hearts because of that consistency they've got. 
and they've got good players coming back. Like say Kingsley and that coming back, that's a big plus for them, you know. And I I I just see Hearts victory, especially at Tynecastle. And they're backing them. Yeah, they're, they're giving them a bit of money yeah. to go and um, bring players in. I think he's brought a couple in um, already. And for me, Hearts' two best players are missing all season: Halkett and Boyce. Boyce. And they're still for me the third best team. He's done well with the Australian Mark, hasn't he? Because then he's got the young boys come over to Newcastle now. And probably yeah. because the Australian lads are already at the club, they can sell it to him like he's a young Devlin and all. They can sell it to him. So, And this is supposed to be a real good talent, you know, that's yeah. signed for Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to watch that. And that, that's what you need. Sometimes you get in a dressing room and things are going well because if you don't, you'll get the opposite of them because when we're going to speak to these players, they'll say, don't come here. The manager's a nightmare. <laughs> Place is horrible, whatever, you know. But you couldn't be saying that about Hearts at this moment in time where the results are getting. Yeah, I always look at that, see if teams are, are doing well. I think it's always the best time to sign yeah, players. absolutely. And I think that was the problem with Rangers when yeah. they won 55. They kept the same team. They never, yeah. in the same way, Celtic. The year before? Yeah. Yep. Um, I always think, even if it's only two or three players, Granty will agree with me here. You see them walking through the door and thinking, hmm, we're getting stronger here. We need to work even harder. Or I need to work harder to make mm -hmm. sure I'm going to be in that stand eleven. So I, I always think it's key mm -hmm. to keep it uh, freshened up. And Peter, it's history now, but do you think Celtic held on for too long to the likes of Edward and, and Cham, who probably didn't want to be there by then, or is that unfair to them? Yeah, it's unfair to them because they, they, you wanted their full value. You know, and players, as I said, they've handled that much better, I think, in the last couple of years. We talk about Jack and Marcus. The manager's still putting them on in the game. So the boy must be training well. I mean, you're talking about Tossard today. The manager doesn't even allow him to train with the first team because he walked off in training. So now he's went, like, I don't care. Go about your business, right? You'll be part of it. And I think Celtic have done that well. Juranovic is the exact same. Both of them have been round about the group. So it means they're behaving properly. You know, and if they go out the door, fine. I have no yep. problem with that. You know, so at the end of the day, you've got to do that. But you've got to make sure it's not affecting the rest of the boys and the, the team uh, ethic. Because as soon as it starts to affect that, then that's the time you have to get rid of. And you just see the windows, it seems long to everybody yeah. else, but it's not long, Paul. It's only a few, it seems like yeah. hours when you're a manager. Try to get rid of people and try to bring people in. So you want to make sure that that group is coming together, they're strong. 13th of January, uh, Friday. Any su superstitions? Uh, some of you coming on the socials, we'll talk about that later. I guess the headline so far is Michael Beale talking about he knows who he wants and it's now in process. Is that fair, Barry? That's what you're saying. Maybe one or two. I think it's could be good management. Four. That's yeah. what you should do. You should always be looking um, well before the window's coming in. Listen, he's he's been in a short period of time. He's obviously assessed his squad and he knows where he needs to go and strengthen. And the only worry for me was, was he going to get the backing in January? Because I thought it would probably be the summer, but it looks to me if he's he's certainly getting the the funds to go and strengthen the team in January. He was asked today about Todd Cantwell. Yeah, he's a player of a lot of ability and there'll be a lot of interest in him. Like He's a player that I like a lot, I said last week, but out of respect, I can't really say much more than that. I think you're not far off the track for what you are all insinuating. Can you get any closer to that without getting a booking? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, the manager down there at Norwich yeah. has come out and said the exact thing as well. That he's not part of their plans, he's told that he can leave. Yeah. So he's finished at Norwich. Yep. I know there was a championship club at this. Uh, Blackburn. That's what I'm saying. Yep. They were interested in him. You can imagine that with Bradley Dack situation because they were talking about Bradley Dack with his injuries or people being interested in him. So that's the sort of position he would fill. But 
as I said, when, you know yourself, Barry, you played at Blackburn, but you look at the stadium as you come up here and you, you take in my Ibrox, mm. you take in a full Ibrox, you know, that sells you. You see the training ground, whatever. It's like going to Celtic Park, you know, you go across there and you bring them in the door. People are co pleasantly surprised. They hear all the stories, but when you see it, it is something different. You know, and, and you hear the crowds. Yeah, it's massive. And you, these guys are never, yeah, absolutely. Yep. These guys mm -hmm. don't understand, you know, what it is. I know some other parts of they'll say, oh, the league's not as strong as this or what, but it's got a hell of a lot of good things for it, you know, and I think that's what people should remember. And as I said to you, there's only one club plays under the pressures that they do, and that's Manchester United. So, and I've always said, and I'll stick by that. Kilmarnock are up against the holders tomorrow, Celtic. And Ange Postacoglu today was asked, Celtic's experience, his players' experience at Hamden, does that give them such a huge advantage? If you're talking about Hamden experience, we don't have a lot, mate, to be fair. I mean, I think you know, guys like O'Reilly and Hatate and others, what is their first or second uh, trip there? So, you know, I don't think, and again, I don't think that's um, as relevant as, as, you know, understanding that, you know, it's a cup semi-final and I think whether you have experience or you don't have experience, the nature of a semi-final means that there's always going to be a bit of an edge and nervousness, even for the most um, senior of campaigners, because, um, you know, they know what's at stake. You know, losing in a semi-final is not just getting out of a comp cup competition. You know, you're a step away from a final, which which is a big occasion. So maybe having no experience is better because, you know, you have less fear and you haven't felt that pain. But, you know, guys who've, who've held the pain, and we certainly did in the semi-final, the FA Cup last year, um, you know, you know what that feels like. You don't want to feel that again. That was the the pain for last season, wasn't it? When you think about it for Celtic. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. We never heard what you spoke about earlier on. We were saying the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, about the, the semi-finals. The importance for it is for a Celtic and a Rangers. I'm sure was always make sure you get into that final to win it because that's what you were in it for was to win it. Because nobody remembers second place. They definitely don't remember third and fourth. That's for sure. And that extra pressure, but I, I agree with him 100%. It was like the the time we, the terrible time we went through for six years. People say, oh, these boys have been through it for six years. There was only about three years. Went through it for mm -hmm. six years. Some of the boys were winning it in six months, their first trophy, you know. So it, they handle it completely different. Some of them grow with it, mm -hmm. and other guys die with it. And that's what we say, you know, as big performances needed all the times. And that's the expectation at Celtic. They, they'd expect all their big players to turn up tomorrow and perform, and they will have to. Because Kilmarnock will be fighting for life. Mm -hmm. The pressure's slightly different than it is because everybody's expecting them to lose. You know, so the pressure's slightly different on them. They know they can go. And I don't mean have a go. They can defend well, work on their set plays, hopefully opportunities, and hope to get to a cup final. If they don't, people were expecting that anyway. For Celtic, it's completely different. Yeah, the cup shocks. Look at England. Who would have thought yeah, Man City? I always went into the games and, as I say, you were nervous because you had that expectation. But I always says to the guys, listen, see in a month's time, you don't want to be sitting in your sofa and watching a cup final think, oh, I wish I was there or I yeah. could have been there. No regrets. Go out there and make sure, whether it's through good play or hard work or whatever, just make sure we get in or that final. There was some <laughs> semi-finals we were we were poor, but you know what? We we kept digging in and we could play a lot better, but we made sure we found a way. And that's what both um, Rangers and Celtic need to do this weekend if they, they want to get the final on the 26th of February. Peter, can you remember your favourite cup semi-final in either the League Cup or the Scottish Cup? Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu first of all, well, you, unless you've got it immediately. No, no, I, no, okay. I, was, I was always nervous, Paul. I right, never yeah, remembered yeah. any of them. Sure. I couldn't even Sk tell you who we played in semi-finals. Right. Yeah. I was just so nervous just wanting to get to the cup finals. Well, here's Ange Postacoglu speaking about playing Kilmarnock again. Does it make a difference twice in seven days? 
Yeah, well, because of that, it is different. Um, you know, it's not a league game and you kind of know that, um, you know, cup games, particularly semi-finals, um, you know, there's always a little bit of tension there. There's always a little bit of edge to those games. Uh, you know, I remember last year we played, uh, you know, St. Johnson in, in the semi-final and uh, it was a tight affair. We, you know, we, we, we had to work hard to get the victory and I'm sure it's going to be the same. So just the nature of um, the actual contest is different from last week. You know, you have some, you know, obviously relevant points in that, you know, um, I don't think either team's going to change their approach too much, you know, within sort of a week's time. But um, <clears throat> as I said, just it being a semi-final and knowing what's at stake, I'm sure they'll, you know, it'll be a different kind of game. Cup semi-final last year, most of us forget, but it was St. Johnson, as he mentioned, and it was James Forrest came on and turned the game. Yeah, but as it's... Uh, listen, everybody expects Celtic to win. Yeah. They're not going to change anything. The way they play, nothing. They're going to do everything the exact same. Kilmanock will probably do the exact same as they did. Mm -hmm. They'll be hoping they don't get broke down and, as you say, waiting on the set plays. So we know that. We know what the type of game it's going to be. But you need that bit of fortune at all times as well. We keep going about it. We can be a player getting sent off, unfortunately. You know, a refereeing decision. We've spoken about many, many times. All these different things come into it. And, and it kills you. Because you can make it back up in the league sometimes. Yeah. In the cup, you can't. You're out. Finished. And that you're done. And that, that's what you don't want. And that's what the fans love about it as well, though. If they win. But you can't beat a cup day, can you, Barry? You know, a cup semi-final. It's uh, yeah, all or at, nothing. You're at a national stadium. Yeah. Um, the crowd will be absolute bouncing. Um, so, listen, see for Kilmarnock to have any hope. They need to defend for their lives and every single player on that pitch need, needs to be 10 out of 10 if they're going to have any chance of uh, getting to the final. Coming up in the next hour, we will hear from Michael Beale talking about his short-term goals. A wee bit from uh, Callum McGregor as well. That's next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Barry Ferguson, Barry, looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be non-stop football, isn't it? Tonight, Hearts against St Mirren. Tomorrow, Celtic against Kilmarnock. And then Rangers against Aberdeen. Three o'clock, that is on Sunday. Plus everything else is on. Yeah, three good games. Um, I'll be lying on the sofa, <laughs> um, glued to the, the TV. Listen, I, I like sometimes yeah. I like weekends like that. Um, quiet weekend. Um, no going out for anything to eat, so <laughs> I'll be sitting glued to the TV watching the football. And Peter, yourself, do you know which game you're going to take in or games this weekend? Well, I'll definitely go. I'll see Clyde. I'll watch them. They play Falkirk. Good game tomorrow. Falkirk have been doing really well. Um, so I'll go and watch that tomorrow. But you're, you're glued in everything, Paul. You've got yeah. that much. I've got to send Lorraine to the shops all the time, you know what I mean? Because she's just got to go. I keep yeah. going out of the house because she's no more football. And that's all we watch. And it's worse when you've got the boys because that's all they watch. So yeah. you have to try and get rid of them because she hates football. <laughs> they usually do. See, I yeah. wear the trousers in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not saying that. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700, Barry well, Ferguson. Hopefully, Margaret's not listening. And Peter Grant. Does she listen in? No. <laughs> Did you listen in? Sometimes, you know yeah. what? I yeah. quite like the side of Margaret wasn't really into, into football. And I right. quite like that when I came through the door, there yeah. was nothing um, really said. But she, she was good. She knew, if, see if you had a defeat or a bad performance, her and the three kids knew not to come near me. Um, you probably went through the same, same <laughs> well, thing. I think one of the best though, you're talking about cup football. Yeah. We played 9 8 member penalty kicks. We lost 9 8 penalties. So Lorraine couldn't watch the penalties. It's one of the only games she came to Hamden. She goes down the stairs. Who were you playing? We played Aberdeen. It was, yep. They ended up 9-8 penalty course, kicks. Yeah. So Lorraine goes down to the toilet and somebody comes into the toilet and she hears him saying, Grant's missed. Oh. So that's fine. She oh. goes up the stairs and she's sick all over the place and oh, whatever. Yeah. 
doesn't he say nothing, get home that night, she said, yeah. listen, it's okay, a lot of people miss penalties and whatever, everyone's fine, just get your tea and whatever, you've just got to go on and live with it. And I went, what are you talking about? She went, you missed the penalty. I went, no, I didn't. <laughs> it was Brian Grant that had missed oh, us for hours. I'd scored mine. Ah, I'd yeah. scored mine. Yeah. You know, but that was her. She's like, I'm never going to another match in my life again. I hate football. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. She doesn't watch the football. All she does is phone, yeah. phones me at five o'clock and says, they get through the, the game's okay. Yeah. And that's all she's interested in. It must be hard when your families are there and they're listening to people saying, oh, he's, no. no, you missed a sitter, whatever it is, Yeah, Barry. it was hard yeah, that I remember be. back in the day. It was hard yeah. for my dad. Like, sometimes you get a bit of criticism huh. and... Yeah. They're, they're no one to say anything, you know what I mean? And my mates are there as well, and they find it hard. And sometimes they would react it, and I'd say to them, "Listen, it's it's part of it, you know what I mean? If if you're going to react, you're not going to the games. Not sure, especially can you imagine these days with the mobile phones uh, and people recording uh, you. I know. Um, my so, dad thought it was yeah. <laughs> it was easier because he'd just tell me the times I get praise, which was very often. <laughs> yeah. oh, <laughs> so he was quite yeah. used to it, you know. <laughs> he become you have to be strong if you're going to watch it. I, I, you still find it when you go to watch the boys. Ah, yeah, know, exactly. You're mm -hmm. sitting there and you're playing the game for them. You're hoping to get through without injuries. What the other teammates and whatever, all these sort of things you're hoping for. And it's uh, that's it's hard. why you prefer to play. Yeah. It's hard that I was down before Kyle got injured there at, at Rochdale and. He played a, a long diag and he overhit it. It was the right idea and, and there was one guy just behind me. What's he all about, man? It was just your like Derek. It was your Derek. Yeah. That's what the guy shouted. And do you know that way I, I turned around and I've done that? No. Don't get involved. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I moved. He preferred I moved. Did you? Uh, yeah. I had to it must be hard. Somebody criticising your child or... Hey, yeah, listen, no matter what age they are, what height, six listen, foot five. It's, it's, yeah. it's never nice, but at the end of the day, you're sitting yeah. there and unfortunately, you know what it's like, Paul? Yeah. Everybody... I'll get criticised, but you only hear yours. But that's it, you know. You're only it's like us watching the games, and I'll tell Barry will probably be the same as me. Everything they do wrong, you tell them about it after the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single thing. And the other guys have probably done a million things worse, but yeah. you've not, not even seen one of their mistakes. So we're we're critical of them probably more than most, and that's mm -hmm. the biggest problem you have. Right. You see, growing up, I'll go back to when I was young. 10, 11, 12, 13, my dad went to every single game I played. Never missed nothing. But I would always get in the car. No, you know, you think, oh, I was really good there. Ah, you did all right. It was always, you did all right. And I quite liked that. Why? Is that, no, because then it made me, it drove me on. Yeah. Even <laughs> even more, you know what I mean? And sometimes I just sit there and I'm thinking, mm -hmm. am I ever going to have a right good game here? <laughs> I, had a, I had a belter with it. Yeah. I remember playing Kilmarnock Boys Club with Sterling Boys. And Kilmarnock really good side at that particular time. And I was a goal scoring midfielder, believe it or not. And we won 6-1 and I scored five. And I got in the car after the game. Somebody was drifting us back home because we never had a car. Somebody was driving us back home. My dad never said anything to me. I got into the house and it must have been about three or four hours later. You scored five goals? I scored five out of six, mm. but won 6-1. And I finally said to him, what do you think today? Then he went, I thought you missed the two easiest chances. No. <laughs> and that probably summed that, up. That, you know? That's yeah. a good grounding for yeah. me. Yeah. And it was, sure. I'll go back to it about six, seven weeks mm. ago. I was driving back up for one of Kyle's games and, and Kyle phones me. He says, here, uh, my papa's just texted me. He says, I was really good the day. I was like, well, fair play to you. He never says that to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's mellowed. <So> then, <laughs> well, he's, he must have mellowed. But listen, I, I, I just thought it was good for me. It was a good grounding. And it just made me sure I'm going to, I'm going to work even harder here and, and make sure at some stage, if I do make it as a professional he's going to turn around to me and say hey, you done really but well at least they said, said was a better because yeah. that's when you <laughs> knew you'd done alright if they never said anything you thought oh, we must have done alright today brilliant hard school hard <laughs> school it didn't do you any harm did <laughs> it no, no. 10 uh, cup finals in Scotland you didn't lose any of them 
In fact, in, in total as well, of course, because in England as well, you won the, the Nations League Cup. 11th, yeah. No, well, saying that. Okay. Uh, UEFA Cup final. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. But cup semi-finals. No, it's cup semi-finals, we said. You'd won every single one uh, Every them. final yeah, I've been sure. involved in, apart from the yep. UEFA final, that was 10 with, with Rangers, obviously 11, including the UEFA, and then with, with Birmingham. We won the one at Birmingham. So 12 finals, won mm. 11. I was asking Peter about cup semi-finals. Could you remember any of that? But you you lived in the moment. You can't really... I did, Paul. Yeah. That was the way it was yeah, for me okay. because you know, I always felt... you. We talk about nerves. That's what it was, probably. You were just yeah. concentrated and trying to get through and whatever when you got there. And as I say, unfortunately, so, so many difficult times during that, that six years. Barry never had that at Rangers. We had a six-year period of nothing, which was really tough. And then you talk about poor cup finals when we go to the Airdrie game, which was really, really poor. But it was just so desperate to win and that's what it becomes mm -hmm. and the only thing I didn't realise that Celtic had went eight years prior to, and you heard all these stories prior because mm -hmm. you never thought when you were a kid growing up you never yeah. ever seen that but Celtic had went eight years prior and I think they beat them firmly enough I think and it been Big Billy McNeil yep. in uh, 1965 I think that was 66. the first I think yep. that was the first trophy mm -hmm. they'd won in eight years yep. you know which was quite incredible because I never knew that story because we thought worst team in history you know six years no winning the trophy worst team in history I'll remember mm -hmm. that for the rest of my days no. and then it was eight years uh, big Billy and that had come back won the first trophy because Jock Steen was back and the corner kick came in yeah. yep corner kick up came Big Billy boom well, the header well, and that was the start because it. it was mentioned yep. in the fact of course Pierre's was a header against yes. Erdy right. and that's what it was similar you know all the years later you know and that's 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 Great. what shows you how times can change when you talk about a very very successful team the 60 the Lisbon Lions yeah. what a team mm -hmm. you know and with all the things that changed for them but they had that 8 year period prior to it there's lots on the go. We're going to hear more from the managers and uh, Callum McGregor as well uh, and James Tavernier. Other games tomorrow, Hibs against Dundee United. Everyone's got something in it. Every game, Motherwell, Ross County and St. Johnson against Livingston. It's a massive game, yeah. that. Motherwell, Ross County. Yeah. Two teams struggling big time. With a few nerves oh, going into that game. Um, With a few calls last night about it, Barry and mm. Alan Burrows resigning or I going. That, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised at that. Yeah. Motherwell man... Mm. Um, Done a really good job. A lot of people speak highly of him. Um, Very much so. Yeah. So that that, that was a, a surprise. But that that game uh, tomorrow, that's a biggie. That's a big one. That it sure is. Michael Beale has been speaking about his two months at Rangers and what are his short term goals. He was asked today. Well, this month we don't want to be any further behind in the league. We want to be in a final. And we want to be in the next round of the cup, and we want to recruit more players that take me towards where I want to go. My vision of where this team needs to go. Um, I want to re-energise the team in terms of age, re-energise it in terms of energy as well, and I, I want to go on uh, some new journeys. Obviously, I've come back in. There is some new players in the building, like Malik, like Antonio, like um, John Suter, Ridvan. Tom Lawrence, I've not been able to work with all those guys just yet, only Malik probably regularly. Um, and then I want to bring some exciting players in. It's important I have players in the building I'm really excited to come in and work with as well. It's important that we have players come in that re-energise the rest of the group and create a bit of heat for positions. A heat for positions, that's what they need. That's what you both said earlier on, competition. Yeah, I, I was, that was a good lesson there. Like yeah. What he wants um, going forward. Got to be in the final. I said that it's got to be a must win. He's got to be in the next round of the Scottish, and he he can't fall any further behind Celtic. But the interesting bit for me is he wants to bring the age down of the squad. Um, Do you so agree? obviously, yeah. Listen, there is a as there is a few guys certainly over thirty or, or over thirty five. Um, 
But he's got a clear plan. It sounds to me every time I listen to him, he's very set on what he wants to do, um, and that's what you want to hear for a manager. Um, but you need the the tools to go and do that. Mm-hmm. And it looks to me that he's been given the tools for the for the board. So I, I think it's an exciting next period of time for the, the the Rangers fans. He sounds very thorough in his profession. He's making the decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's important because you felt at GVB. Did you feel he had enough control? No, I, and do you know what? I would actually, hopefully I see him in the next yeah. few months and I'd like to ask him that because mm. look, I know there's a director of football there. I think there's a place in the game for it, but I'm a big believer in the manager who's got to have the final say or identify a player or whatever. Director of football does, does his role, goes and gets the player, does the contract talks or whatever. But me, it's clear that Michael Beale is making the decisions. I think it's just a different name now, really. If you remember, when I was at Celtic as a kid, it was John Kelman, God rest John. Yeah. And John was the chief scout. So he would go and it was always go through for different scouts to John. John would be going, he was never in. John was at games all the time. And then John would go to Big Billy or whatever, mm-hmm. whoever the Davy, whoever the manager was at that particular time, says, listen, maybe to John Clark or whatever, you go and see him, then you come back and see what you think to the manager. You know, because that's the way I would like, I would always have done it. You know, that people go and watch players and they go out there and they put so much work in. Bring it to me, you know, give us a list. And where do you think they are? Is there an A, B, C, D group, you know, sort of thing? You should go and see them. And the only time that you go and tell a manager, because there's so much to do for the manager now, there's so many games, there's so many press conferences for them, you know, that you say to them, listen, you have to go and see this boy. And I genuinely, and because as we talk about now, your club has to play. Celtic have never changed in the respect that they expect to play with a certain style, they expect to play on the front foot, they expect to win games of football and they've always had entertainers, they've always, that way they've always got to try and have that. That's the way the fans have been brought up, that's what they want. You sound like Bertie all there when no. you said entertainers. No, but, sorry, but, it's great. That's what yeah, they want. Sure. That's yeah. what they want. So you know that. So that's the type of players you have to bring to your football club. Other clubs are slightly different. So that's fine. So you know the blueprint of your club, no matter who the manager yeah, is. Sure. That's because even when you're scouting the manager, you know that's the way he's got to play. So it means you don't need to have a big turnover all the time. The, the problem we sometimes have is the finance, and that's why I'm looking at Cantwell and mm-hmm. Davis. Yeah. I'm thinking, that's a complete... It doesn't surprise me signing the types of players, because I said to you when Michael got the job, I felt he knows all the youth team players down there for a long time, because that's where he worked, and they were all kids when he was there, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Liverpool, whatever, so he knows all that, and that's all the bracket where he was working at that yeah, particular sure. time, because he was a manager of that group. So he's seen all these players coming through. He knows what they can do. He'll be looking at the Rangers group and say, these boys are better than what we have got. The interesting thing for me is, where does that leave Alexi Arfield? I know Stephen Davis, unfortunately, has got an injury. Alexi Arfield, for me, is a big player. And I spoke about it the other week there, the Alexi Davis, Arfield, and that. There should still be a place for there to let them know the Cantwells or the Davises are, this is what you need to do to longevity at this football club. That's a good point. The age no, profile I think they will be there. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he knows Scott. how important they are to yeah. the, the squad. Yeah. They've had the experiences. Certainly Stephen Davis, Scott mm. Arfield, I know, has only been at the club three or four yeah. years, but listen, he's bought right into it. Mm. And I, I don't think, you can't buy experience. Mm-hmm. And when you've got the players already at the club, I don't think they'll be as high a salary as they get older. They might need to take a... a wage cut or whatever but and I think he knows how important it is to keep these players I think he's gone on about like guys who he doesn't see making any impact whatever in the squad they're getting in the 18 that's where I think he'll try and trim it down but in terms of the importance of experience I think it's key that he keeps these players about they might not play 
every single game but to have them run about the place and have them on the bench and to talk to guys young players coming through new players coming in it's vital and Peter's point about the chief scout as it was it's like the director of football surely it comes from a good strong manager who knows the ethos of the club and he says this is the way we want to play and then he speaks to someone and says right go and find yeah, me this kind of player to me, yeah. it's Michael Beale it's, yeah of course but I don't think he would have came as the Rangers manager um, if he wasn't I'm a big believer in see if the manager brings players in it falls on his shoulders mm-hmm. results and whatever so I think it's so important that he has the 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 decision who he wants and then obviously a director of football or scouting department yeah. they go and do all the, okay. the dirty work saves the manager for doing it and then as long as they bring him at the table the manager will be happy but the interesting thing Paul I went to see Sir Alex when I left Norwich uh, as manager and obviously you're wanting to pick their brains on certain things so one of the big things that was happening at that particular time was there were so many games going on and I remember when I got the job at Norwich he phoned me and said listen you've got to calm down because of the way you like to go and watch matches and the geography yeah where you're based and all that's going to be it's a difficult job for that son so that was fine went to see him after I'd left the job and whatever I said well how do you do that now then how because I, I was always one of these managers if I seen a set play that I, I sat in the house somebody's away watching the game but I never seen that game I'd have been hitting my head off a brick wall, you know what I mean? Gone mad if I lost a set playing the Saturday if I hadn't seen it. I always liked my own eyes if I wasn't, we weren't playing. So he'd go away and I said to him, what do you do now? He said, well, I come in here, I watch the games on the television. So it, sorry, where were you? I saw Ma- my chest at this training ground yeah. and he said, I come in here and I sit in this wee room and I watch certain things. I said, but the game, you know yourself, that's why I go to the games is it's completely different when you're at the stadium, you see how the back four is. Because yeah. the television sure. wasn't as good as what we see well, now. You still don't see everything. Absolutely. So and he said to me, what I'll look for is nine times out of ten, their best player will take the set plays. He'll be the one who wants to do everything. You know? So I know he's their best player. Mm-hmm. So he was scouting this right. himself, yeah. you know? And it was a simple wee things that they would bring, scouts would bring him things back and say, you should go and see him. Or you can't manage to see him, this is the qualities you have, this is the quality you're looking for. And you say, I'd know within like, a couple of hours, yeah. just watching me clips here and whatever, what things he could do and what he couldn't do. He said, because it was impossible to go and watch the games the way we used to do because of the amount of work. We... But it was an interesting fact, a simple thing like that, he always felt when he watched the European games that was coming up for his Manchester United to play against, the best player was the one that was wanting the ball all the time, wanting to take the set plays, wanting to take the throw-ins, wanting it's to do everything. Tip, isn't it? And it was yeah. an interesting, just it was a small detail sure. and you think, I've looked at games completely different and that's a fact. <laughs> Barry, you <laughs> took you a lot it. of free kicks, didn't you? At Rangers? Yeah, yeah. You, you made a lot of the play. But that is a good tip, isn't it, from Sir Alex? It was a fight. Was it? Because it's so many. T- yeah, there were right. so many arguments. Who did you bargain yeah, with the, most? De Boer and yeah, I'm trying probably to think. Big Ammo. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see he was in the restaurant, probably Pavoni. Uh, yeah, we had, I saw, I saw, we had yeah. a few ding dongs, mean Big Ammo. But yeah. I did say to him in the night, or I did yeah. say in front of the crowd, look, he, he was, see on his game, he, he was a top centre half, mm-hmm. Big Ammo. That was a brilliant partnership. See him and Big Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Oz was uh, dirty. Mm-hmm. aggressive yeah. um, but he was a good player that was a good partnership but no listen it's one of the ones with free kicks next to the box you know what it was like there was four or five it was like <laughs> scrambling yeah. about to pick your ball up who could get it quickest um, that's what you want isn't it yeah, yeah. competition yeah, because yeah, it was an interesting thing because yeah. no days remember there was a fantastic story they said about the number 10 they knew he'd played really well in the European game I'm not sure if it was the great Jockstein mm-hmm. They knew the number 10 had played really well, but he changed the number for the next game because they didn't know the name. 
So yeah. they made them wear so number nine. The so number they were saying, well, carry mark number 10 or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure it was the great jocks team, but there was somebody done that and they changed the player's number and wear, made the player wear number nine so they could man mark number 10 if they want. <laughs> but it's number nine, it was wearing the number 10 in the last game. So we simple things always went on in the game. But it's interesting how you say you, you, score, you, you scout different uh, games completely yeah. different nowadays. Coming up next, Callum McGregor about what it would mean to him to get through to another final. And Michael Beale speaking about any players that might be going out on loan or whatever, and he's been asked um, about Alex Lowry. That's next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! It's all kicking off in here tonight, isn't yeah, it? Oh, do. yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So, do you know what, Paul? Yeah. I love when I wind James, the yeah. producer, up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I know. I didn't hear the end of his point there because I was listening to the traffic and travel. Not mean, Granny yeah. just cut him off. Uh, did and you? He's, yeah. he's out there. He's absolute rage. So, what was he saying then? Because he is allowed to. I think he's saying about the the value of winning the League Cup. Is that what he was saying? Yeah, I think he yeah. was trying to say is it the, probably the least important because the Scottish Cup final. And I definitely played yeah. was always the last game of the season, which yeah. was always the dream when yeah. you were a kid growing up. Yeah. Obviously, the league had been won yeah, sure. or lost prior to that, mm-hmm. and the League Cup was the one. If you're one, you lose it, and you lose that one. Mm-hmm. And I, you're like, no, just win them all. <laughs> what, what's the treble all about? It's winning three Absolutely. major trophies. Absolutely. Doesn't you know? And of course, the number one is the league. Yeah. Number two, Scottish Cup. Number he's away out that door. With his is tail he? between <laughs> his legs. He's pointing. He's shouting. I think he has left the building. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only thing is, I, I said to you before, something my grandfather Johnny yep. Murphy, he gave me the league cup, and I got a picture to my cousin Christopher when we were about five or six, and I remember people saying years and years. Obviously, when you get older. Never touch a cup before you win it. I never won the League Cup. And it was a League oh. Cup. I got my forty team. It was about five or six. So, so I'm there's a superstition. Yeah, I'm yeah. blaming my grandfather. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point because not normally you like um, you've got to go and get the forties. Right. Like at the start of the season, all the captains yeah. would go with it. I never ever went near it. Never wow. touched it. I was close to it, but I never put my hands on it. My Peter, hands on if it. You knew then what you know now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I always. And they want to touch a trophy because that's things they always heard. Yeah. And I was like, no way am I touching any well, trophy I see. Well, the two captains of Celtic and Rangers were together, I think, yesterday. You know, holding for the, the fire plate, they were. I know, so there you are. holding the trophy? Well, no, no, I'm not saying they were holding the trophy. I'm not sure. There's loads of pictures here. I'll check. Um, no, they didn't touch it. They're holding up. No, they're not actually touching the trophy. Right, here's uh, Callum McGregor speaking about what it means to him to be captain of Celtic. I've been in football long enough to know that it's a ruthless sport um, and, and people are just waiting for you to fail and you know you try and limit that as much as you possibly can so of course I had to, to find my own way in the role you've fallen a very successful captain you have to be successful not because of that but because you're now the captain and you're now sort of spearheading the club in that sense on the pitch so that becomes your responsibility so that's something that I carry with me every day I try and push the standards every day in training and, and try to make sure that the group is hungry for success and and when it comes to the big moments, then hopefully we can deliver more often than not. Peter, he's an exemplary captain, isn't he? He could be one of the Celtic great captains. I thought he's done fantastically well because it was going to be an interesting role for him because we all know he could play. But it's not just about can you play. There's certain attributes you need to have and lead a group, especially been, well, predominantly when I played, it was nearly all Scottish boys. Yeah. You know, so it's completely different. Even now. harder now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've got guys from all over the world coming to play for you, you know, living on, moving into a new city. And that role becomes very, very important without making sure that you've got to live your own life because you've got your own family, you've got your own things to do, you know, you've got the, the training to do and you've got to concentrate on that. And 
to manage both of them must be very difficult for him, but I thought he's handled it exceptionally well. Barry? Yeah, he carries yeah. himself brilliantly. I've got to be honest, I always thought he was a, a good player, but I think his games went up a couple of notches since he's took the captaincy, I've got to be honest with you. I, I think without Callum McGregor and the, the Celtic team, I think they're a far weaker team. That's me mm -hmm. just been brutally honest. Um, I think he's grew into it. He's, I think he's got better as he's went on as well. Um, and the, the good thing with Callum McGregor is he can play that holding midfielder role or he can play further forward, um, which is a, a brilliant thing to have. But in terms of since he's took the captaincy, he has went up a, a couple of levels, no doubt about that. How much did it mean to him to kick off last season with a cup success? Yeah, it was great. I think a big moment for, for the group. You know, a big moment for me personally, obviously, as well. But more importantly, a big moment for the group. I think it solidified all the good work that we've been doing since pre-season. And once you sort of get a trophy in the bag, it, it kind of solidifies that and, and keeps everybody on the right track and, and knowing that, you know, you're on your way to success. So I think that sort of first bit's always important. But I just touched on it again there, you know, last last season doesn't mean anything for us now. It's, it's about this season and it's about the next game. And, and we've got to show that hunger that we want to be successful again. And funnily enough, Michael Beale was asked about the cup success that Rangers had in the Scottish Cup back in May. Yes, but I have to say, I think Gio did absolutely fantastic in the Cups, all of the Cups. I thought he did really, really well. You know, like the last two visits to Hamden have been positive for Rangers um, and obviously did ever so well in the Europa League. So fair credit to Gio and his staff for that. And uh, every Rangers manager has to do well in every competition. I'm aware of that. This is my first cup game at the weekend. I'm a very lucky man. I get to play in a semi-final in my first cup game. So, uh, yeah. He's saying all the right things, isn't he, Peter? He's, um, what would you feel? No, I think it's yeah. important, you know, of course. As I said, Celtic, I know I can't speak for Barry, but Celtic's winning trophies and that's the bottom line. Whether you're the manager, whether you're the captain, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yep. You have to win games of football and that obviously means winning trophies. And it, it, there's right, but Callum said there, it's so important that some of the boys haven't won a trophy mm. at Celtic now. You know, the group's won trophies, but some of the new boys haven't won trophies. So that's an important part as well. But their first trophy, you know, if they can go and try and win one. So to do that, you have to get through a, a difficult semi-final. And you want to be a winner. You want to be known as a winner. You won that amount of medals. And Barry will tell you, people can make a lot of money in the game. You know, we were very fortunate. I was doing England and I lost. We won the League Cup final by Birmingham and we lost the FA Cup final with West Ham United. They were brilliant days, you know. But as a player, it's so special yeah. to know that you've went whack with a winner's medal in your pocket and you're looking at it. And nobody can take that away from you. You can have all the money in the world, yeah. but you can't buy a winner's medal. And it doesn't matter what you do. And you're so close to doing that. And that's why it becomes so, so important that these games, and that's why the nervousness is slightly different than semi-finals getting into finals. Ange Postacoglu has uh, winner's medals elsewhere and with Celtic. Um, how important for him managing at Hamden? Yeah, it's good when you win. It's not great when you don't. Um... No, I enjoyed it last year. Um, you know, we obviously had three games there, and um, you know, as I said, you enjoy the ones you win. You don't when you don't win, but the actual experience. You know, I think you know playing it at a place like Hamden. Um, again, you know it's there's a, it's a special game because you don't play there unless there's a game of significance. You get both sets of supporters in, and I think that adds to the colour of it and and the atmosphere. I believe. Um, so, yeah. Um, Looking forward to it. I mean, you know, it's 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 a venue where you want to make, you know, at least four trips every year because it means you're doing well. 
four trips a year, certainly. That's a recipe for success. Michael Beale was asked about getting to a cup semi-final. A bit more from him. We're playing an opponent that knows us really well. We played them, what, four or five games ago. Uh, they would have feel that they did well in that game. Uh, I came to the game at Ibrox, where Rangers were clearly the better team. Both games have had goals, so hopefully for the neutral, that's the case. But certainly, we're only focused on winning this one first, and then... When we get to the final, whoever, whoever joins us there, that will be another challenge for us. Barry, what about this? Probably the more difficult game is Rangers game, isn't it? I, I think you'd, you'd agree, compared to the yeah, Celtic Yeah, you, you've got so, to respect yeah. um, whoever you're coming up against. Uh, look, Aberdeen, for me, are um, not doing great in terms of the league, but they've got some players that it could hurt you, no doubt about it. Duke up front mm -hmm. um, uh, Decent enough. Um, is it Ramadami in the middle of the yep, pitch? I quite like in. him. Mm. Yeah, he's decent. You've got McCrory. So they've got some some decent players and you've got, got to respect that. But listen, your Rangers, you're hammed in a semi-final. If Rangers attitude right, Rangers have got um, more than enough to, to take care of it. Um, but listen, it does come down to one thing, how much they want it. And as I always say, there's expectations and demands on you. They've got to handle that because the Rangers fans will go there and their numbers... And they'll expect Rangers to go through, but Rangers need to be professional and, and do the job. Let's get a bit more about uh, up front. What's the latest on Cholak and Kemar Roof? Yeah, Cholak's had a slight problem. We touch and go for this game, but should be back for the other two if he doesn't make this one. But Kemar Roof's fit and raring to go as well. So that's a real, real positive for us that Kemar Roof's available because I think he's a really high-quality player. And remind ourselves, he was our top goal scorer when we won the league. And... And has been really key whenever he has been fit. And let's hope this now we see a run of Kamar becoming fit and healthy over a longer period of time. Barry, who starts tomorrow up front? Morelos. Yeah. Um, listen, Kamar Roof, I, I totally agree with him. I've always said that he, he's got so much quality. The only problem is injury after injury. He'll come back for two or three games and he's out for a couple of months. But listen, it's great. He made a cameo appearance against Dundee United. He's clearly trained all week. No problem. So that's refreshing to hear that he's back in the fold. Um, he's not going to be match fit. Um, but listen, the most important thing is you've got him available. Um, but for me, Morelos made a difference last Sunday afternoon. No doubt about it when he came on. Um, so for me, he starts up front. And as I said, we were talking at the start of the show. I've been showing them what big Stuart for Aberdeen's been. Of big course, Anthony Stuart's yeah. been saying. Have you been reading about it? Yeah, I mean, that, that's canon for it. It's great, it must be. If you read that, you say, right, I'm going to show you that, that I'm the better player. Yeah, but I'm sure big Anthony Stuart will be bang up for it. Yeah. Um, so he'll is, be ready. because he he's, he he's a big, powerful guy, <laughs> yeah. no, no doubt yeah. about it. Sure. So um, he's uh, the captain, he's a leader at Aberdeen. But Morelos will play tomorrow, no doubt about it. I don't think Kemar Roof's ready. Um but listen, it's a brilliant sign to see him back. What's your team for tomorrow? And I'm asking you, first of all, who's your goalkeeper? I think, Peter, first of all, who do you think will play tomorrow? John McLaughlin or Alan McGregor? John McLaughlin. Barry, what do you reckon? Who, who I think should play. Yeah. I think Alan McGregor yeah. should play. Mm -hmm. But I think John McLaughlin will play. Why? No, that's what I, I, yeah. that's what I thought. That was a question I thought you said. Sure. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah Sorry, I, Peter, would you yeah, play? I, yeah, no, no, I think John sure. McLaughlin will, will play. Yeah. Who would you play? As I say, I, we know how good Alan is. You know, so obviously Michael seems I've not seen enough of the Rangers games to say he's let them down or whatever. I know I think Big John said something about him not coming for crosses or whatever. But best goal the Rangers have ever had, in my eyes, Andy mm -hmm. Gorham never came for a cross. 
it's great. You know, answer. Yeah, sure. Uh, do, do you know what? Yeah, just, yeah. And they're yeah. the two. It's the two yeah. best that I've seen. Yeah, Andy Gorham. I was only a kid, obviously. We mm. we Andy Gorham, but again, five foot eleven. Griggsy's an inch mm-hmm. or an inch and a half taller than that. Listen, it's no his strong point, but. Um, a lot of goalkeepers are, are no great coming well, I think cross if I, if I Andy remember said to me he said to me he used to say Big Terry and Goffey you see that away if you miss it I'll save it huh? <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your team tomorrow then Barry who would you choose tomorrow so McGregor Tavernier Goldson Davies, Davies Barisic, Barisic I, I think yeah. it'll be Jack Lundstrom and Tillman Jack I think Lundstrom, it'll be Sakala Morelos and Kent Sakala Morelos and Kent and Peter for you or would you disagree with what Barry's saying the Rangers line up tomorrow oh, I don't think you go away from that I mean I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed yeah. that the boy Cholak has not been available in the period because I thought he was unfairly criticised but not because of his performances mm. but because everybody thought Morelos and that were yeah. better and the guy's goal scoring record and I can understand what the boy Stewart's maybe meaning yeah. style of play the style yeah. of play what's he chases the front line down and whatever and he scores goals usually you can say oh, he works really hard but doesn't score but he'd scored what I was at nine up to that period of time a, when Rangers were going through a difficult period you know so that had been interesting but as I say I, I agree with Barry if King Bar Roof all of a sudden comes back and then Cholak as the manager's saying there maybe a, a week away all of a sudden their bench and that whoever's on the bench looks stronger you know if they've got a couple of boys coming in they look stronger so it looks as if he's trying to push it in the right direction but they're all if buts and maybes the bottom line is you've always got to get results and I think there's a slight pressure on because he came in the door right away he's got two cup games you know and people always say the cup tie can go anyway it's a one-off game so it's not as if you can blame Gio for losing this one no. you know this is a one-off game go and win it that's what you've got to do then you get to a final go and win it and Celtic's the exact same. They know what they've got to do. They've done it. They've been over the course. Not all their players, but they've done it. But in the cup, you can't blame anybody else. It's down to your performance on the day. And as I say, you need that little bit of luck. But there is a bit of pressure on him because he has two opportunities to win something. And that is, in my eyes, because I think the league, as I've said, is gone. Yep. But he's got two cup competitions. And Barry spoke about it earlier on and talked about Big Alec when he came in. I think he won the two, did he say? The he, he won the double that year when he came in and Celtic won the league. And that was against Martin O'Neill's. So when he came conquering. in, I, exactly, yeah. exactly. So he came in and won two cup competitions, yeah. you know, and that's the sort of level that then that sets down a marker and you think, well, okay, that seems starting to hit back now. So it's not just about talking about it, they're mm. actually doing it. And and looking at it with the squad, I mean, Kmar Ruth will just mentioned that he's back. Suter's no long away. Hadji's no far away. Tom Lawrence is no far away. And he's wanting to bring in two or three signings. So off of a sudden, what we spoke about, when I look at Celtic, I look at the bench and I think any of them could play in the starting eleven. Mm. If these guys are back, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and then he adds two or three, then suddenly you're looking at Rangers and thinking, oh, well, that bench, that's the difference, and that's what I think he's trying to he's trying to create. Well, I think we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We said the fact that the proof would be in the pudding of what type of players he was going to be bringing yeah. in. And if it's the two boys he's talking about, yeah. they're two top quality signings. And it sounds Not, like it, doesn't it? Yeah, Tom Davis. Yeah, absolutely. If it's the two Todd boys, because I yeah. always think I, I'm sure you agree with me, Grant. Here, I always look and I, I, th- I always look at the bench, mm-hmm. and you think they could easily play in that starting eleven. Yeah. And when I'm looking at Celtic, I'm looking at their bench, and I'm saying, well, any of them could play in the starting eleven for me. At Rangers, slightly different. Yeah. But now, if you get these players back fit that I mentioned, mm-hmm. plus adding. Cantwell and Davies, guys like that, then you think to yourself, now Rangers are starting to get to that stage where 
there's real competition for places, there's a real edge about training, and that's what you want. Well, that's where my worry is when you're saying that, because I look at Celtic's bench and I've always said it, that's the difference, without a shadow of a doubt, and that's why I'm saying about Jack and Marcus. If he had to go and we never had that replacement, you know, and I don't think at this moment in time you can get a replacement like him because I think he's done exceptionally well, as I say. All of a sudden, say he wasn't there, and you've got Kyogo, that's your main number nine all the time, because Mieda goes through there at times and whatever, but it's no Jack and Marcus. Mm -hmm. And that makes Celtic slightly weaker mm. in that position. I just think he brings, Jack and Marcus brings a different Absolutely. dimension. And that's Celtic. what I'm saying. And I'm, listen, I'm not doing the manager's job, but the manager will probably be looking at and saying, well, I need this type of player. Uh, and I know he's been mentioned yep. with other strikers. He will know that he needs to have a similar type to what Jack and Marcus have done. And I tell you what, if that he did, does that and he brings mm. that rab out, that, I think he's done exceptional because I'm sure Rangers would take Jack and Marcus tomorrow. That's what I would say. If he was if he was available and I was looking at him as a Rangers manager, mm -hmm. I'd be thinking, that's the sort of striker I'd go for. He scores goals, he wants to score goals, he roughs centre-backs mm -hmm. up, you know? And that's what I think we're fortunate with Jack Marcus. I know it's not down to the manager of the club, maybe there's certain things going on in the background, I can't say that, but I'm talking from mm -hmm. a supporter's point of view. So, is it a plot? You're going to drive him to the airport, <laughs> but the airport goes near Ibrox. Right, the, only, the only thing I would say is probably need to change his name, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Big GG. We're back. Traffic and travel is after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! The big tour back on Sunday. No, it's not just Grant and Ferguson. Hunter and Hockey. So we're looking forward to the business show. 11 o'clock here on Go Radio Show with Workflow Solutions. Looking forward to it. They're going to look forward to this year, what's coming up. Some great advice, uh, as they always do. In business, I think in life in general. So Sir Tom Hunter and Lord Willie Hockey here on Sunday morning. Uh, 0808 17 17 700. We won't have time for any more calls, but we will again on Monday night. Barry will be here uh, along with Mark Guidi. On Wednesday night, Peter, we were talking about some of the great Scottish players in the context of Gareth Bale. You know, John Hartson had said he's probably our best player and we talked about a number of great Scottish players and Barry mentioned a great colleague of yours, former Celtic captain, Paul McStay, as one of the greats. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt of that. I've got a sore back carrying him, I must admit. Hey, <laughs> I love it, Joe. Yeah. No, he was a wonderful player yeah. and a wonderful guy as well. Probably, yeah. the only thing I would say to him if he played with him, how good he was. He never had that arrogance. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul could have played for any team because he was comfortable in possession, could see passes, all the things. He wasn't the quickest, but he had fantastically quick feet, could see passes, as I said. And he was a terrific, terrific player and a terrific guy as well. But he was up there with one of the best, one of the best all time. Well, obviously, I've never seen a lot of Scottish sure. players. But as you yeah. say, if you're talking about top players in Scotland and my time, without a shadow of a doubt. Barry, Paul McStay. Yeah, but. but mentioning obviously um, Andy was mentioning Celtic players yeah, sure. I was mentioning sure. Rangers players and I, I just thought of him because I mean, I'll, I'll go back to when we were young we used to play schemes and all that and used to kid on I was my brother or, or their auntie and there was yeah. they were always either McStay or Chalky who was Brian, Brian McLean, Brian McLean. Yeah. but I remember growing up obviously midfield was my position and he was a player that always thought he he was um, he was a proper football player, no no doubt about it. Um, and listen, I, I was just being honest. I, I course, thought he yeah. was. Well, in my time, there was all you mentioned him there. Was Ian Durant? If Ian wouldn't have got his injury. Oh, hundred percent. I've always said that. Ian, Ian for me, yeah. Obviously, he's a friend, but he was a wonderful, wonderful player. Mm -hmm. Really difficult to play against. You know, he did everything, and it was just unfortunate he got the injury he did because and and Derek. 
Well, Derek, exactly. Derek came in just ahead of him, didn't Derek, he? Derek was a terrific player. I mean, we, we all played in the youth teams and Scotland teams and that together. We yeah. got on real hits. We were roommates and whatever. It was you and Derek Ferguson. It was bizarre. Oh, my goodness. A bizarre, yeah. a bizarre. We went to Russia and <laughs> Championship or whatever. Yeah. But terrific, terrific players, you know. But Durante, Durante had ever knew. I playing against him, it's a nightmare because he's always running. He could see things, he could pass, he could run with the ball exceptionally well. He was quick over the ground, you know. Um, and he sort of played that outside left, inside left. It was, it was weird, it wasn't mm. a winger. But he was exceptional. And I always said he could have played for any team. It was just such a pity because at that particular time, he could have moved anywhere. He could have played in any team. And he can talk for fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I used to see him in Parklands. He was uh, oh, he was stop yeah. <laughs> like, like being in his company. Yeah. Loads of, I was yeah. in his company in November for a couple of days, and honestly, the sore head. I was just desperate <laughs> just to get back home, man. And, and I'll tell you, he had, he had a really good career at, at Kilmarnock as well. They loved him there. Remember, he and Ali came. Oh, do, you, do you know when I was younger? I remember going to his comeback game mm -hmm. um, at Ibrooks, and I think there was thirty thousand at it. A reserve game. Yeah, a reserve game. A reserve game. 30,000. Yeah. It shows you, you guys... Remember the old Vulcan? Yeah, yeah. Knee, knee thing. You had the yeah. ankle things yeah. and you had them right. as... Uh, you had a big Vulcan knee thing and I think right. it was about twenty-eight to 30,000. Yeah. That was not unusual then. You know, now, I know that I come back with Durante because at that particular time because you get the tickets and you couldn't get the tickets, obviously. And all of a sudden, the stadium would be full. We played at Ibrox one day when I was about 16 and I think there was 35, 40,000 at a reserve game. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, at that particular time because they couldn't get tickets for the away game, whatever the opposition were playing, you know, and that was a problem. Could one of the future greats for Rangers for Scotland be Alex Lowry? The manager was asked today, he scored a hat-trick the other evening, as we know, not in the first team. What's the situation with him? Could he be on the way out, maybe alone or whatever? What's the latest? No, it's not in the plans. No, it, it's... At this moment in time, there's not, there's not in the plans for anyone to leave the building that's in the first team squad. Alex obviously started against Motherwell, did okay, did quite well. He would like to have done better, but I thought for a young player going in, I thought he did fine. We won the game 3-0, so no harm done. Uh, he had a slight calf issue after that game, which meant he's missed the last squad, came back to training just before the Dundee game. So I took the opportunity for him to go and play in the in the B team game where he scored a hat trick. So it's a completely different level, mind, um, and, and I would expect him to go there and be dominant. But that's the reason why you haven't seen him since that game. He, he actually had a slight issue after the Motherwell game. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, uh, my only concern then was you're talking about Cantwells and mm -hmm. Davies yeah. is obviously they're midfielders, mm -hmm. similarly what young Lowry is. Um, how does that, does that stall his development mm -hmm. or, or whatever? Because um, personally, I've seen him a number of times and he's definitely got all the attributes to play for Rangers. Um, so my only worry is when you're bringing new players in, how is that going to work with? Um, you've got Hadji top of that, as well. Yeah, yeah. you've got, I mean, it's... Good quality players in that midfield. Um, so, listen, I'm sure Michael Beale will have a plan whether that he's, he just says it's not to go out and loan. I think he's... I wouldn't. I would never say you're, you're too good to play in the B team in, in the loan league, but I think he's just above that now because he's... I'm not being disrespectful. Well, that goes back to the thing we spoke about at the start I mean, of the season, Baz, about what have you got to see from them? Because if they go to the B team... The manager's never very, very rarely there because mm -hmm. the games are on the same days and whatever. Or, yeah. you know, or they go there and they say, oh, well, it's only, I'd expect him mm -hmm. to be the best player in that particular game, as he said there at this moment in time. So, what chances you got? For me, it doesn't matter what age you are. If he's good enough to be in the squad and good enough to be playing, 
he should be in there. He should, and, and I know... So he feels he's not ready yet? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Uh, uh, and I, yeah. My worry is, is exactly what Barry's saying. Yeah. If they're bringing all these boys in, they're Which all they in are. the areas of the pitch that he plays yeah. in. We'll talk about Haji and that coming back yeah. as well. They're, they're all in the areas of the pitch, so he's going to be further down the pecking line, you would think. And at the time, when they come in and they don't maybe play as great as you thought, you've got to give them another game because that's the way their careers kick on. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out over the the, the coming months because it's clear that he's not going to let them go out and loan because he said yeah. that, but that might change. Um, I just think it's important when you're that age, you've made the breakthrough, you need to play, you need to play at a level where you can judge yourself and the managers can... can uh, Judgey, he's, he's definitely got the ability. There's no doubt about it. And there's nothing better for me seeing young players come through the, the system mm. and, and go into the first team. But when they get into the first team, you want to see them stay in the first team. Well, that's a problem, Paul. If you go to the team, how many weeks is it before yeah. you get back in? Sure. And then the, the quality you're playing against is not up to the quality that you're going to be playing against in the first team. You go back the way. So you're thinking you're going a long time without games, but you're always getting judged. You're getting judged with the supporters, you're getting judged with the manager, and you've not. And it doesn't matter. You can do as much training with the first team as you want. Do you actually be playing the games in the first team? You don't get up to that level because you want to play with the top players, and all good players want good players around about them. And Alec will want to play with the first team players. So he needs to play games with them. Here's Ange speaking about one of the newcomers at Celtic. He came in on January the 1st, played a couple of games. Alistair Johnson. Yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, he's obviously a very, you know, determined, uh, you know, young man. And, you know, he came in with, you know, from the moment he came in, he, he was determined to, to get himself up and running as quickly as possible to make an impact. And, uh, you know, we've seen it with his training and just his general demeanour around the place. And uh, I think he's done well in his two games, but you know, it's still very early in his career, you know, and particularly... Celtic career and particularly the position he plays we know that for us you know it's a really challenging position and um, I think what we're seeing at the moment is you know him sort of coming to grips with with that position and within that context I think he's done really really well there's certainly more to come from him as if he gets more comfortable with kind of the way we train the way we play just the club itself Peter is he playing tomorrow do you think yes yeah and I think the manager's right they play slightly different than the fullbacks you know in the respect of that and I think he looks an intelligent boy and you listen to him talk, he talk, he speaks the game well, he speaks about his performance as well. So he understands and you can see he's one of these guys that the information you could give him, you think it would settle in very quickly. And I think if you look at a lot of the manager's signings, he's not played them for a few weeks or a few months. Alistair's been in right away near enough, mm -hmm. you know? And that says a lot about him because I don't think he's ever taken a chance on many others. Is Burnaby playing tomorrow then? Yes. Left back, yeah. Yes. Is your team, do you want to give us your team? I'm well, just throwing out you at heart. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Johnson, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, yep. Burnaby. Yep. Yep. Greg has sent this in. This is his team on the socials. Uh, O'Reilly, McGregor, Hatati, he thinks, yeah. And Maeda, Jota, and Kyogo through the middle. Well, the only change I've won there yep. is Abada for Maeda. Um, I think he'll start with Abada. You know, Why? I just think you need goal scorers on the pitch. I think Abada's got a great record of scoring goals at the back stick. You know, and as I say, if you're going to be getting crosses in, you're playing against a team that's tough, you need somebody to be in the box along with your strikers. And I think he, he does it the best out of them all. As a wide player, he gets in the box very well, and that's why I would give him the nod on that. Not behind against Mieda, because I really sure. like him. Oh, yep. And I think Linked with Southampton, I know it's only January speculation. Could you see him going? Maeda? No, I don't. No, I, don't. I just don't see it happen. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't see it happen. Not the way they play either. You know, it's slightly different. Mm. 
Um, but as I say, I, that's why I'd play a badder. But I, I'd, I'd have O'Reilly in the middle of the field as well. Crikey, we're running out of time. No, Barry, I think Moy yeah. will play. You think Moy? Yeah. yeah, hard to. So who wouldn't play with O'Reilly? I, I think he's he's going to take O'Reilly out for a, a few weeks because yeah. he, he looked a bit jaded. Yeah. He's off it a wee bit. Listen, he's he's still a terrific player, no mm. doubt. But he's just the games that I watched Celtic, he did. He, he just didn't have that zip about him. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Moy, to be fair to him. Um, he's a good football player yeah. he's impressed me scorelines tonight did you Hearts St Mirren I'm going to go I, I think it'll be a close game mm. but I'm going to go Hearts to St Mirren 1 Hearts are Clark Smith Shankland Rolls Halliday Mackay Cochrane Civic Janelli Hill and Snodgrass clearly that's not the way they line up uh, St Mirren Carson Gallagher Shaughnessy Taylor Flynn Bacchus O'Hara Gogic Tanzer Grieve and Maine Peter scoreline tonight I'm going to go 2-0 Hearts and tomorrow Peter Hibs Dundee United I'm going to go for Hibs in that one. Going for Hibs I'm going to go for that. Yeah, Hibs. Yep. I think okay. Hibs will get a result tomorrow. Barry? Yep, I, I think Hibs will win. Um, for the simple fact, watching them, I thought Nisbet and Aidan McGeady uh, were the difference. And Motherwell, Ross County. Oh, That's a tough one, isn't it? Lanarkshire boy there from Hamilton. Is having I, a think about I, it. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say yeah. Motherwell have to win, but so did Ross, Ross of course. County. Or they could be anchored, yeah. I'm going to go Motherwell won Ross County Nil. Right, so a mother will win. They mm. would need it. They've only had one win in 11. I'm going to go for a draw there. Right. You know, yeah. I, think yeah. there's, I, think an, I think there's an extra pressure on Mullerwell because it's a home, believe it or not. You know, because it, if you, things are not going particularly well for you, the fans can <laughs> go on your back. And St. Johnson against Livy. Scoreline, what do you think? I'm going to go St. Johnson that one. St. Johnson. Barry, St. Johnson, Livy, one each. And uh, good luck to everyone else in the other games as well. Right, what about the weekend you're looking forward to? You've both said, I think, no shock, you don't think, Barry? Yeah, Celtic 3, Kilmarnock, no. Okay, and Rangers? Rangers 3, Aberdeen 1. 1, okay. Rangers 2-0, mm -hmm. Celtic 3-0. Celtic 3-0. So you're both pretty much on the, on the same... Uh, Sheet there. Big news today is the manager, Michael Beale, has almost he said he's identified it might be one or two, it could be three or four players, but things are happening just now. It won't be loans, some signings coming. And for Celtic, um, everything seemed to be okay, isn't it? Greg Taylor won't play tomorrow, but everyone back in training. I think that's what the manager feels comfortable with, Paul. I think that's the way he's always wanted. He doesn't want to be rushing in and out the door, you know, when you shopping list, he's quite comfortable with what he's got. Drive safely on this uh, 13th, Friday the 13th. Thanks for remembering us all. <laughs> I see you're online already, Barry. Some of them, uh, the sun have got it on already about you and your shin guard. So I've had a few texts. Have you? Kyle's, um, yeah. Kyle's not too happy. Tell, tell Kyle, 60,000. No, it's the great Jim Baxter's jersey could yeah. go next week for 60 grand. You could have at least got, what, 50 for that for you. Uh, uh, for years. Friends. <laughs> Barry, thanks so much. Peter, as well. Pleasure. Zoe Kelly is up next. Thanks, James, for everything this week. We're back on Monday at five. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.